Yeah, I'm going to read the, the text, the translations of uh, Bhagavad Gita 16. This is 16.3. No, this is 16.1. And then 16.2. <coughs> and we can dwell on it as much as you want. But these are two, two good. I think I started, like you said, we started, and then we got off on something else. So, uh, <clears throat> and I'll read the, the, the English. So, because we're getting started a little bit late. So, the translation. The Supreme Personality of God had said, fearlessness, purification of one's existence, cultivation of spiritual knowledge, charity, self-control, performance of sacrifice, study of the Vedas, austerity, simplicity, nonviolence, truthfulness, freedom from anger, renunciation, tranquility, aversion to fault-finding, compassion for all living entities, freedom from covetousness, covetousness, gentleness, modesty, steady determination, vigor, forgiveness, fortitude, cleanliness, and freedom from envy, and from the passion for honor, these transcendental qualities, O son of Bharata, belong to godly men endowed with divine nature. Prabhupada's talking, this is the uh, chapter entitled, The D Divine and Demoniac Nature. So that's, these are the nature, uh, the natures of the, uh, someone who is divine, or a deva, the devotee, see. A devotee is fearless. Why is a devotee fearless? makes him so fearless. He knows he's protected by Krishna. <clears throat> he knows he's protected by Krishna. He doesn't have to worry about worry about anything. He's never thinking, oh what's going to happen to me? What's going to sneak up behind me? You see. He's always he always knows Krishna will take care of him. So the devotee actually knows if good comes my way, oh that's wonderful. Krishna's mercy. And if bad comes my way, then that's Krishna's mercy. Krishna's in control. And, and it'll happen the way Krishna wants it to happen. And I want, I want Krishna's will, you see. I want it to happen the way Krishna wants it to happen, you see. So the devotee is carefree. He's not worried so much about that. Of course, it doesn't mean he does all kinds of nonsense. Go out and do nonsensical things. And No, the devotee does, uh, uh, he behaves uh, in, in an appropriate way in an appropriate manner. And then he's ready to deal with whatever comes this way. See, well, as long as you can get in the habit, of, no matter what is happening to you, to remember Krishna. Always remember Krishna. You see, uh, if we have bad karma coming, then wouldn't we like to get it out of the way as soon as possible? You know, let me pay you today. I mean, let's just, that way, I can not incur any more bad karma. And after that, I can just go on and, and serve Krishna without any, uh, not any bad stuff falling on me that'll interfere. You know, I won't have to worry about any interference. So the devotee wants to settle things up now. Let me stop my nonsense. Whatever I've got coming, I'll take it on the chin, you know. Uh, I'll get up, brush myself off, go on and do it the right way, you see. Uh, the devotee doesn't 
think, well, maybe there's some way I can sidestep and uh, avoid any uh, reaction from my past misdeeds. No, I can pay for it. You see, Krishna thinks when you act like that, Krishna says, but I don't want you, since you're so surrendered to me, I don't want you to have to pay back the whole debt because you're wanting to, to uh, serve me in loving devotional service. So therefore, I'm just going to let you have a little bit of little bit of suffering. Not this whole big thing that we'll, little bit, you know. And then you can go on with your, your devotional life. You see, Krishna may even take it all away. Sometimes he may take away all your, your uh, uh, bad karma and give you, like you might have to suffer having a boil. Prabhupada said, we noticed that in the early days, a lot of people got boils. And Prabhupada said, yes, it's the disease of the devotee. It's impurities coming out. It's coming out, you know. So we have that little suffering. And for a day or two, it's like, really, heck, you've got this spot somewhere that's really hurting you, you know. I mean, it, it doesn't knock you down. You're not sick in bed. But boy, if you ever bump the thing, it's really painful. So we would get these boils that would come up and then we even, everybody knew how to treat a boil because it was pretty common. See, so um, anyway, that was the, the, the bad reactions cooking out of us. No telling what we had to, what we would have had to done if we hadn't, uh, what, what, what would we have had to pay back if Krishna hadn't reduced it to simply a boil or two or three or four or five. <laughs> so, well, it's worth it. That's a good deal, you see. So, the devotee is fearless because he doesn't worry. Krishna's going to take care of him. Since I've got Krishna taking care of me, I know I can take anything. I can deal with anything. Yeah, you see. And so when, when bad things befall the devotee as well as good, it just makes him think more of Krishna. Take shelter of Krishna. My dear Lord, please, please help me. <clears throat> please help me to endure the suffering <clears throat> that I must endure. That's mine to endure. Uh, purification of one's existence, you know, that goes without saying. Bodhi immediately starts to change his bad habits, reduce, lets, lets go of his bad, uh, muji, dirty habits. He becomes clean. Become, becomes clean in his habits, becomes clean in his mind, his thoughts, his words. You see? The first thing we do is we clean up our mind. Because what's in our mind will eventually come out of our mouth. We'll speak it. You know, we used to say garbage in, garbage in your ears, garbage will come out of your mouth. So, hi there. Nice. Hare Krishna. You can join us if you like. I want to check the buffet first. Very good. I, I recommend that. Good feed. Good feed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we used to say garbage in your ears, garbage out your mouth. So if you're listening to so many movies or, you know, if you go see a movie or watch television or whatever, you have this, these thoughts in your head and they'll eventually they'll come out. You see, all the things... So the devotee purifies the mind. We purify the mind um, by only taking in, only hearing transcendental 
situation, transcendental sound vibration, tra transcendental uh, scripture, kirtan, Krishna kata, you see. Now what happens if you keep putting that stuff in your head? It starts coming out your mouth. You're starting, you start to speak Krishna kata, you see. If you've got enough of it in your head, then it, it'll purify everything around you. It'll, the devotee will live clean. He'll, it's a cleaner life to be a devotee. You see, personal habits will change, especially once one learns how to take uh, care of the deities. The pajari work, you know, <coughs> the training for pajaris is very, uh, very clean. It teaches you so many things. You know, and so, and actually, there's probably not enough training in our movement now for uh, new bhaktas and bhaktins to say, hey, here's the way the Brahmins uh, behave. Here's like, you know, when you, uh, there's probably not enough. We should have some training courses, you know. You know, because in America, we have what appears to be a very clean world compared to the third world. It looks cleaner here than it does in India, but the people are not as clean. They're, they're just not, bless their hearts, they're just, I'm not, slamming that they just they just aren't you know and you're not taught you know because your mother's not a brahmin so she doesn't teach you brahminical cleanliness you know so uh, you know basically in the morning when you rise you should uh, do all the dirty things first you know passing stool passing urine brushing your teeth shaving Whatever you're going to do, you do all that, get it out of the way, once you, because all these things are contaminants. And then you shower. Now you're clean. Then you put on clean cloth. Well, first you put on your tea lock, then you put on clean cloth. And now you're suchi. You're, you're clean. So you're ready to go meet the Lord. See, so it's the Brahminical process. So this uh, uh, Brahminical uh, Pujari training is good for everybody. You know. The Archanapadati is very, it's got some really good points in it. So I think maybe we'll have some classes, if you like. We'll have classes on, on <coughs> certain things you do. You know, because a lot, as I travel around, I realize this isn't being taught like it used to be. You know, used to you move into the temple and your bhakti leader or bhakti leader would, would say, all right, here's what you do. But now there's not so much of that. So we're missing that we need to have a special class just for that. Yes, Paul. Um, have they ever thought of like putting like a, you know, you know how they've got like Vaishnava etiquette? Oh, there's books. Have, yeah. Okay. yeah. Do they have, like, I'm just talking about like for temples, like where they put it out, okay, here's your first 90 days, and then, you know, you get like, like a training maybe. Like, we got them. Yeah. Bhakti Gosh <coughs> Maharaj published a really nice book. Uh, Dhanavir Goswami published a nice book. Fortunate Souls is the name of his. I can't remember the name of Bhakti Vikas Maharaj's, but, but they're, both, they're, they're both very pukka sannyasis, and they just, you know, they pointed out what, what should be done. You know. um, but yeah, we need, we need more of that. When I come next time, we'll organize some training. We'll do it at a particular time. And just It only has to be a half hour. Get together for a half hour and say, hey, here's, here's how you do this proper ways to put on a dhoti. A lot of people don't know they're not taught how to put on a dhoti anymore. You know? Yeah, so you're talking about 
Yeah, if you do it, then you know you know he looks better, it wears better, it won't fall off. So uh, yeah, so it may not be better, but it's the way Paul put put his dodi on the way he taught. So. Question. Yeah. When are you leaving? I'm leaving the 9th of July. When are you coming back? End of September or 1st of August. Yeah, but I got a lot of I got a lot of ground to cover. It may, it may that may change. That's subject to change depending on on Krishna, you know. Sometimes I make all these plans and then Krishna changes them. So, oh, but as I can, as far as I can see, uh, yeah, I'll be late, late September, so I'll be gone last part of July, the month of October, the month of August. So about two and a half months I'll be gone. But then I'll be here six weeks when I come back. One of these days I'm going to come here and stay until you throw me out. See how long that takes. You kind of get tired of this after a while. So, uh, cultivation of spiritual knowledge, you know, that goes with purification of one's existence. Uh, charity, self control. Uh, self control. Uh, the devotee works hard to not react. You see? Like if you if you poke a dog, you'll start to growl and bark. You see, the devotee, uh, many times the best reaction is no reaction. You react by not reacting. If someone is trying to solicit a reaction from you, don't give it to them. If somebody's trying to make you angry, don't get angry. You know, if somebody uh, does something that makes you uh, that they try to offend you, you know, they say something about you. How do you do that? Huh? How do you do that? You just uh, say, to, you say to yourself, we're not going to react. We're not going to react. We're going to let this person go on with their, their tirade. But I choose not to react. And when you do that... Oh, well now there are certain instances, certain things where you have to react. Certain things will force you to react. Sometimes that even works with kids, though, you know, just to not react. But it's, with, with children, you almost always have to react and get them in line and, you know, do the mommy thing. It's, with children, you can plan it more until they do what you want them to do. Sometimes if they learn that they don't get attention when they're trying to get attention, then it helps them. You know, sometimes they do things for they, they do things for attention, and then the parent gets angry, and then the child thinks, "Oh, okay, I got you angry. It worked." So sometimes you just uh, ignore them. Sometimes that could work. Um, it really depends on specific circumstances, though. You know. Really does. Um, I don't profess to be an expert at that. But, um, you know, I was able to. Um, 
you know, I had a good re relationship with my children, and I didn't, uh, I don't know, I don't know what I did, you know, or didn't do, maybe it was just them, I don't know. But I was firm, you know, I never really had to act up a great deal, I never had to, you know, get real heavy, but I was firm all the time. That's consistency. It was consistency. Yeah, it's just like there's this, uh, there used to be this uh, Judge Roy Bean, you've heard of him, the hanging judge. He was the law west of the Pecos River. And he was known to hang, he was, he was quick to hang people for things. Horse, horse thief, okay, hanging. Murder, hanging, rape, hanging. You know, but he said that it's not the severity of the punishment that, that works, but the consistency of it. You know, if 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 they if the children or whomever gets to the point where they know, then there's just no chance of getting away. Then after a while, that persistence, not the severity, but consistent. You know, like every time you do wrong, bam, you've got mom or dad there giving you a hard time. Just won't let you rest. You know, so doesn't mean that you're hitting them with a big stick, or, but you're just there, you know. You know, so, what did you say? I think it's the same way when they do something positive to consistency. Exactly, it works the other way too. You know, when they do something really nice, they need to be encouraged. So they need to learn, you know. Um, you're either getting strokes or you're getting the stick, as Prabhupada said. That's why in this third world country, like when a person steals, they can yeah. You don't have a lot of death, you don't have a lot of murder because you know, they're actually talking to And if it and if it's if it if it, if it's consistent, if it's definite that you do this, you will get that. You know, then let people learn it. Kids are like everybody, they learn. They learn, you know, if it's just like uh, bless you. It's just like if, when they started putting these cameras up at uh, intersections. They did that in Dallas. Do they do that in Tucson? Yeah. 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 They started doing that in Dallas, and the people started to complain. They didn't like it. The reason why they didn't like it is because, boy, I'm not given any tolerance. I go through that yellow line a little too late, and I got a ticket. You know, and there's no way you don't argue. You can go to the you can go to the judge and say, "Well, please give me mercy." Well, is this you? This is your car on film here. And, yep, you went through on it was red before you got through. Well, it looks like you're going to have to pay the fine plus court costs. You know, so it's like, oh. so what do you do? What do you do when you know you're going to get hammered? You slow down going through that. You know. Yeah, watching out. Yeah. Yeah. So, wear a gorilla mask. Yeah, wear a gorilla mask. Say there was a gorilla stole my car. You know. Yeah, wear a gorilla mask and report your car stolen. So, what can you do? So, you know, the persistence—it's tough, but it works. You know, it, it does work after a while. But it's. It's it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, study of the Vedas. 
No, first of all, performance of sacrifice. The devotee performs sacrifice. He does that in so many ways. And sacrifice we do by, uh, it's not just a fire jugya. Uh, sacrifice means I'm, I'm some, the, the, big, the biggest sacrifice in the age of Kali is to chant Hare Krishna. To chant Hare Krishna, that's considered the biggest yagya. You know, it's all you really have to do, but if you, it's, it's a sacrifice to offer your food to Krishna. You prepare your food without tasting it. You especially prepare it. when you're hungry. Especially, yeah. <clears throat> How many times have you had there? You're, you're thinking, oh, I'm trying not to lust over this. I'm looking at it. I'm not even going to look at it, you know. I want to throw it on the altar and say, okay, Krishna, eat, hurry. But, you know, you don't do that. So it's a real sacrifice. Don't you think Krishna's savoring that moment? He's thinking, look at her. She's not, she's really wanting to eat, but she's not lusting over it, you know, not too much anyway. And she's actually offering it to me first. Oh, wonderful, very good. So, <laughs> yes, when you're hungry especially. So the devotee does sacrifice. The devotee uh, gives some of his income to the temple, you know. Uh, he gives his time to the temple. He gives his, his thoughts, his words to Krishna. See, so we're sacrificing. So now it, it it's it's it seems like a sacrifice. That's a bad word when you're a materialist. And in the beginning, it seems like it's kind of tough because I, you know, I make only so much money, and I don't want to give any of it to anybody. But then, out of love, we give it to the temple, or my time, or whatever. You know, so, but in the beginning, it seems like it's a it's a, a sacrifice. And after a while, it's very sweet. And the biggest uh, example I can think of is when we become devotees, giving up meat was difficult, wasn't it? It was a big sacrifice. You know, I remember thinking, what is what I have to, what, what I eat, what does that have to do with spiritual life? You know, I was attached to eating meat. I didn't want to. But then when you have that change of heart and you give it up, then you make that sacrifice, you give it up. And immediately, in a very short time anyway, just think of how difficult it would be to eat meat. It would be horrible. It would be a much greater sacrifice if you had to eat meat than it is to not eat meat. It would be horrible. You know, if you were in a situation where you had to, it would be, you know, so it appeared to be a big sacrifice, but as it turned out, it was actually sweet. It was an improvement on my life. You know, now I wouldn't go back. Yes? Someone told me that they were a vegetarian, and I guess they started working at a steak, some steak place, and they ate a steak after they were vegetarian for a while, and they actually blacked out. Yeah, it'll make you sick. Yeah, it makes you really sick. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to people who have done that, who, who didn't become vegetarians for spiritual reasons. They became vegetarians for health reasons, but they always they still wanted uh, a steak or something like that, and so they ate, and they, they got sick. You know, various things can happen to them. You end up getting sick from it. So, so, so it seems like a uh, an austerity, but it turns out it's really not. Uh, austerity. Uh, take what you need. Take what you need. That's austerity. Just what you need. 
and uh, if you have more than what you need, distribute it to somebody who doesn't need it. You know, if you can give it to the temple, then fine. If not, give it to the devotees. But keep what you need. <coughs> Don't accumulate more than what you need. Nonviolence. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. We don't need to explain that. Nonviolent. See, nonviolent in the first step is we don't take any meat. You know, we don't want any animals killed. But we're not violent in uh, uh, our behavior with our fellow man. When we speak of the devotees, we're nonviolent. Yeah. What do we do as inspirations like Krishna, as far as like now we told Arjuna, go do this, and it's nonviolent. If you're with another devotee, an aspect in something. Oh, you, you defend yourself if you're attacked physically. You know, the devotee can give them violence that they may not ever dream was possible. You know? So, yeah, if we have to defend ourselves, we'll defend other devotees. You know, we're not, we just don't want to, uh, to do violence to other people. Yes. Now, Srila uh, Prabhupada says that the greatest violence, what is the greatest violence that you can do to someone? Not preach. Fall them, fall them into material. Huh? Let the soul person go down. If, you, if you've got, if you've got uh, the key for them to be saved from the clutches of Maya, if you have this knowledge, this Krishna consciousness, and you don't give it to them, that's the highest violence. The highest form of violence is to know the truth and not spread the truth. Now, that may be difficult for us, you know, because if you pass somebody, like you're going through the checkout counter at Walmart or whatever, you know, uh, it may be difficult to start preaching to everybody, you know. But it's what I like to do is to carry books around with me. You give them a book. Somebody, if you've got a, a moment that you can spend with somebody, say, "Hey, hey, are you into yoga? Well, yeah, yeah, cool. Got this book. This is a yoga book. You know, read it. You know, tell me what you think. Have the the address to the temple in it. You know, just hand them out. You know, buy a few books and pass them out. So uh, that's really good. Pass them out to everybody." If they say, well, you gave me that book last week. Oh, okay, I've got another one here. You know? yeah. So in that vein, tomorrow, everyone's July 4th, we have Maharayan, and we'll distribute books before that as well. Tomorrow's 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. right. So if anybody wants to participate on Maharayan book distribution, they can see me. Can I just sign up? Yeah, that's good. Let's organize it and get it. Yeah, that'd be, it'll be fun, 4th of July. We're the real fireworks. These books are the real fireworks. So, what time, what time tomorrow? 7.30. 7.30, okay. 7.30. Downtown, 4th Street? We're gonna be going where the fireworks are. Oh, cool. Hmm? Yeah, that's one. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll work it out. We can distribute books and have already done. Truthfulness. Yeah, simple. Tell the truth. What is the truth? 
Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and we're all His eternal servants. That's the truth. See, that's the supreme absolute truth. So when you say, I am Krishna's eternal servant, then uh, that's the, the, the highest truth you can speak. You know, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. I am his eternal servant. Now from that, if you can say that, uh, if you can at least think that and say that to as many people as possible, then you're very truthful. That'll make you truthful. Yes? Why would, like, for me, like, serving, like, Krishna, like, like helping clean me around here and stuff, why does I, I feel, like, glad to do it, but at my house, I don't even want anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're actually experiencing, you know, here, uh, your mode is that you're doing this for Krishna. You're doing this for Krishna and Krishna's devotees. You can do the same at your house. You can have that same thought at your house. As a matter of fact, we should get to where we do. Uh, when do we leave Krishna? When we leave, does he stay in the temple? No, he's always with us, you see. So if we get off the Madhyama, the Madhyama, Madhyama sees Krishna, he's only in the temple. When I walk out of the temple, Krishna stays. And I can go do whatever, Krishna's there. But if we see our house as a temple, you see. That's it's not one of the reasons why we have deities in our house. So that's, it, it, it brings the should temple. have an altar at the house. Yeah, it's it nice. brings the temple to the Otherwise, house. Otherwise, how are you going to be? Even offer. if you don't have deities, that's not necessary. Well, even just, you know, even just the picture. Pictures. Yeah. yeah. Just that you have a little altar. The, the picture of the Lord is the same as the Lord. He's the same as that picture. He's present in that picture, you see. So you can do all the worship that you can to a deity, to a picture. You know, so pictures have a nice little altar. And then now, now start to see your house as uh, Krishna's temple. And then it'll, it'll change, you know. And we need to see everything as Krishna's. Our car, you know, we, we should, we take care of Krishna's things that he's given us, you know, because he's given us, he's been so kind to give us these uh, possessions that we have to use in his service, so, you know, we look at it as his. It's like, you know, sometimes you, 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 somebody may, you may ask to borrow somebody's car, and they'll say, okay, treat it like it was yours. Yeah, better than that, treat it like it was God's. Because I don't know how you treat your car. <laughs> treat it like it was mine. Better than that, treat it like it was Krishna's. You know? So, uh, freedom from anger. That kind of goes with uh, nonviolence. We don't get angry. We, we, we don't react. You see, We may get angry if somebody is doing something to another devotee, but we subdue that to the point uh, so that we can still think. You know, when you're angry, when you're emotional, then uh, you don't have access to all of your intelligence. If you get emotional enough, you don't have access to any of your intelligence. You're reacting out of not, no intelligence. You know, somebody does something, you get angry. Oh yeah, well I'm going to show you. You, you, know, you get, you can make a fool out of yourself, make bad decisions. 
So we need access of all of our intelligence, especially in a situation where somebody's starting to make us mad. I've been in situations before, especially recently, where I, you know, you tell, I tell myself, okay, I'm getting angry. It's just like a natural innate reaction. So it's like it's happening, although I don't want it to happen. So what is your recommendation for like minimizing that or? You know, minimizing the impact of what's going to innately happen. Get it in. Uh, you've got to try to grab it early on. Grab hold of it early on. When you start to feel the anger starting to boil, you know, you just got to just say, "Wait, I'm not going here." You know, it's, it can be very difficult. You know, even if you get angry, keep it inside you. Don't let it come out. Unless sometimes we have to react, you know, it's like we're talking about with, with kids or whatever, something might force you to react immediately. Uh, but when that's not, when it's not an emergent thing, then uh, deal with it slowly. When other people are involved, especially, if it's an inanimate object, I mean, what I try to do, what helps me is when something negative seems to happen, then I, I just kind of, it, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. I get the opposite. I think, what are you doing? You know, Krishna, what are you doing? You're, you're trying to get me rattled, aren't you? Not working. I'm not saying you can't do it, but that time it didn't work. Because I'm staying calm as a cucumber. You know. But thank you for keeping me awake. Thanks for the exercise. We have to exercise that. It's a practice. Yeah, yeah. you got to practice it. And after some time, you'll get to where it'll be a reflex. Yeah. You know, something happens that would normally make you angry, and you just find yourself like, just like yeah, I'm right. You know, like you do something. Trying um, to like um, being detached from things also helps to. Yeah. When there's no emotional attachment in the first place, it doesn't affect you. It's like yeah, it's like it's a different. Like if your mom was in an accident, naturally you feel like oh my god. But if you find out that the mailman's sister's brother was in an accident, it doesn't come affect on in. You as much. Come on in. I'm not dangerous. I took my meds today. <laughs> I think. It's their first time here. At the I think company. I did anyway. They just got three books today. Hey, wonderful. <coughs> Take a seat. Got some cushions. We're having a class on Bhagavad Gita. Get him, get him a cushion. Or a chair or whatever you like. You can sit in a chair or a cushion. We don't charge any extra for a chair. <laughs> Maybe we should, though. So, uh, you know, you catch yourself before you get angry. You know, you work that and get used to that. And, and you get, um, it'll become a reflex. See? We have re reflexes built in now that we get angry quicker. If somebody does this, I, I get mad, I should give them a piece of my mind. That's just a reflex. It's something that happens without thinking. So we have to go in and rearrange our hard drive to where we change that to where my, my new default reaction is uh, tolerance. I'm going to tolerate it. Because I know Krishna's taking care of me. 
hand, unless it's something like somebody's coming at you with a knife or something like that. You know, if it's something, sometimes you'll have to react. But if it's just somebody trying to give you a hard time, don't give them the reaction they're, they're soliciting. They'll realize, they'll think, wow, what is with you? You know, it's like I was talking with somebody just recently, I forget who it was. You know, um, anyway, I said, uh, I use this analogy. It's just like, what if you, uh, can you imagine what it would be like if you're going to have a fist fight with somebody and you haul off and you hit them right in the face, right in the nose with all you've got? And they just shake it off and look at you like, what else you got? Oh, you're like, whoa. <laughs> Man, I was trying to solicit you into a fight. I thought you'd be like down, you know. But man, you know, you're really strong. So it works the same way when somebody's trying to solicit you to get angry by their if they're using their words, they're trying to provoke you. And you're just calm and like, you know. Not hey, that you, you can go in your room and cry later. <coughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later on you can go, you know, but they're going to think, no, they're going to think, wow, you're strong. Boy, I just, I just gave you a heavy in, an insult. Wow. I respect you. I admire that. Whether they want it, they may not admit it. They may go in their room and cry. I tried everything I could to get her. You know, so you're both in your rooms crying. But they don't, you don't know it. So, so uh, aversion to, oh, wait a minute. Renunciation. You know, we, we all know renunciation. We don't. Uh, we don't want to be attached to material things. We want. We want to be renounced. Again, renunciation means I need only what I need, and I and, and I, I I keep from accumulating things that I don't need. You see, stuff doesn't make me happy. Because if I, the more stuff I get, the more room I have to have to keep it all in. You know, and, and when you go out and get your your brand new uh, whatever your, your 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 new phone, sometimes we need a new phone. You get it, you maybe get one you don't need. You know, you get something you don't need, and you may be really excited about it for a little while, but after a short time, it's just a phone. You know, it's just like buying a new car. You drive it for a while, and after, before you know it, you're driving a used car. You know, it's, it doesn't smell new anymore. You know, it's just not what it was. It doesn't give you the thrill that it once gave you. And it'll never give you the thrill that you expect it to. You know, stuff doesn't really uh, make you happy. And it, if it seems like it does, it's just a temporary uh, perception you have of happiness. So it's not stuff that we need. So that's renunciation, to let go of, of stuff. Not, uh, we have only, only the stuff we need. And if we don't need it, then we don't, we don't keep it. We don't, certainly don't go out of our way to get something we don't need. Yes? And at the same time, we can use stuff for Krishna service instead of like, yeah. you know, stuff, anything that we have that can be used for Krishna service is spiritual. If there's stuff that you can use for Krishna's service, then you might accumulate a lot of stuff. <coughs> and Krishna may send you a lot more. Stuff that you'd never want, 
you know, it's just like, you know, we, uh, we have no need for a microphone unless we're going to serve Krishna. So if we're going to serve Krishna, now we need a microphone and a stand to hold it and a, and a good microphone, one that will work because we're going to try to serve Krishna nicely, you see. Uh, so many things that we'll actually need that we can serve Krishna used to in, in his service. But renunciation, we may have a lot, uh, but we're, we're only using it for Krishna's service. We're not attached to it. That's renunciation. You know, Renunciation means I can walk away from it right now. I'm still free. I'm not uh, chained, not held prisoner by it. You know, Renunciation is freedom. Tranquility, aversion to fault finding. This is very important for the devotee, uh, the aspiring devotee. Uh, aversion to fault finding. It is so easy in this material world to find fault. It is so easy. As a matter of fact, uh, when, we, uh, when we come to this movement, we are, we're all in the habit of it. Uh, this could hope, this could be a class in and of itself, but we'll, I'll, I'll just try to point out some of the high points of it. Uh, finding fault. A lot of times people will find fault with, with something, and what they're really trying to do is to show you how uh, advanced they are or how uh, sophisticated they are, you know? Because it's just like, um, uh, I've used this analogy before, when I was in business, the companies that I worked for, they wanted to, st they had sales conventions at five-star uh, resorts. You know, like the Ritz-Carlton and Maui and places like that. I mean, just incredible places. Uh, places that would have marble floors, and, you know, really, really nice. Five-star stuff. And so the people that went, that went there, that were invited there, they would, many of them would complain. And what they're trying to do is to show you that if I'm complaining about the Ritz-Carlton, then you know I must be really materially advanced. You see. So right away, I need to establish. You show me something. Oh yeah, I've had one like that. You know, see what I mean? I'm showing you. I'm trying to show a, a, a side of me that I want you to think I have. So fault-finding is kind of like a natural, it's common in the material world, very common. So uh, uh, we as devotees, we want to avoid fault-finding. It's, 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 it sometimes gets out of hand even in our movement. People are, are finding fault, you see. Uh, and if you ask yourself, well, how can I find fault? I'm in a community of people who are pursuing God consciousness. One of them may be not up to uh, the bar that I set, or at least the bar that I want to, people to think that I set for myself. So if I criticize that person, then you're going to know, whoa, you're really strict with yourself. And I may not be, but now i got you thinking that I am, because I'm criticizing this guy, or criticizing they, something they do. You see, when I was the temple president in Dallas in, in 1980, uh, I had one godbrother there. I'll be wrong, you know. I'll be wrong for a little, you know. I'll be wrong. Mike was my godbrother. Very. He was. 
he was very dear to Prabhupada. All of Prabhupada's disciples were very, very dear, but he had a, a very close relationship with Abhiram. He was worried about Abhiram, what will happen when he left, you know. So anyway, uh, Abhiram ended up in Dallas. And, uh, and so, but he was a, a well-trained, a, a very nice Vaishnava, polished Vaishnava, because he had a lot of teaching directly from Prabhupada. <coughs> And so the serve-out in, in Dallas uh, didn't really measure up to his, uh, uh, his standard. He thought it's a little spaced out. You know, people just go up there and they're trying to all eat. It takes forever, you know, and it doesn't need to be that, that spaced out. But he didn't say that. He came into my office, he said, Jivananda Prabhu, can I speak with you for a moment? And I said, sure, you know, anytime. He said, would you mind if I offered a suggestion? Oh, sure, anything. He said, you know, and I've already talked to a couple other people. We can make this happen if it's okay, if it's okay with you. But I was thinking we will have people just sit down on the floor when it comes time to serve out persona. And then I've got three other guys that, will, that have committed, and we'll serve them out like we were taught to in India, like Prabhupada showed us how to. And I said, well, yeah, that's that's great. He said, if it's all right with you, I'd like to do that. Hey, fantastic. That was, that's a classy person's mode of complaining. That's class. Lack of class is, well, oh, no, why doesn't do this? If they do this, blah, blah, blah. that's, it's not even low class. It's no class. Class means I see something, I think I can improve it. I work out a solution, and then I ask if the solution will work. I could be wrong. The solution might be full of holes. I might go and present the solution, and they say, well, that's a good idea, except this, this, oh, I didn't think of that, you see. So before I start getting myself down in the, in the, the depths of, of getting all whiny and, and needing pity, you know, let me figure out how, what should it be like? If I don't like how it is, what would I like? What's practical? You see, that's, that's polish. You know, and it takes a while for us to get polished. So typically when we find people who are complaining, they're just not polished yet. So we should try to work with them. Tolerant, we have to be tolerant sometimes. It's one of the most difficult things of being a manager is listening to people that just really, 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 really have to complain. And they'll find everything wrong, quote unquote wrong, with your community. And a lot of it's not even there, but they're, they're finding it. You see, and, the, and the, so the leader has to be like we were talking, they, they tolerate it. You know, I'd, I'd like to really uh, give you the sauce for the way you're acting, but I'm not going to. Oh, that is very good. We'll work on that right away. Typically, complaints go to the bottom of the things to do. Somebody that's got a suggestion on how to improve, they usually get closer to the top. This is just, I mean, this is just brain substance I'm talking here. This is, you have to be a genius to figure this out. But see, that's not emotional. Complaining has to be typically has, has to do with an emotional, I'm emotional, you see. And I haven't been able to control 
my emotions. So now I'm feeling, oh, this needs to be, you know, we're supposed to be tolerant. As tolerant as a tree. And if I'm placing myself lower than everyone else, and I'm as tolerant as a tree, how am I finding fault? You know? If I do find fault, then I, I would think, I need to pose this as a question. That's another sign of polish. Is it me, or is it, is it that this needs to be improved? You see, and it's submissive. Wait, did you have a question? Do you think that that, you know, from the standpoint is because the expectations of ourselves, you know, like meaning like how we perceive ourselves can be totally different. Being like, oh, I'm training 16 rounds of doing these things, so I'm here. And then all of a sudden we forget about that, or, you know, people that have been living a while forget about, you know, here, there's a person just starting, so they're, they're, they're cleansing themselves. Yeah. They're going to have habits, they're going to have situations, they're going to be going through those, those processes. Yeah, we have to be tolerant. You know? if, if there is no tolerance, then how is love going to blossom? How is the love we're going to have for one another? You know, how do I love something that I find fault with? How, is, how am I going to, you know, if I, if, if I have a, a husband or a wife or whatever, and I'm finding so many faults, How's the relationship going to blossom? See, that doesn't mean faults may be there. Room for improvement is always there. But we're all, um, every community, every every devotee is a work in progress. You know, and from what I've seen, from where I've been, the management is doing just about as much as they can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a. Yeah, this gossip, Prabhupada, he warned us against that. It's, it'll destroy our devotional creeper. You know, fault finding, Prabhupada was really strict on fault finding. Really strict. He got, you could see the veins in his head start to, he would control. But when he would hear this fault finding, somebody was, you know, giving him some big complaint like that, he would just sit there and listen for a while. And of course he's thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing to make it better? Where's the solution? Or do you just want my attention while you're telling me? Are you just trying to show me how advanced you are by noticing the faults? You see, that was his move. All throughout his books, Prabhupada talks about fault finding. The version of fault finding. That was um, one of the quotes directly you see it a lot in his letters because a lot of times people would complain to Prabhupada by a letter and then he would reply and he'd have to but I know in talking with Tamar Krishna Maharaj that sometimes before Prabhupada replied to the letter he would have to calm down he'd be so upset have to come with. Sometimes he would say to, to Maharaj, let us go for a walk. 
let us go for a walk and chant, and then I will address this letter. Yeah, but he didn't like this tendency we had to find fault. You know, because it's not all bad. There's so many good things. You see, when you meet somebody, you can find beautiful, wonderful things about everybody. You see? And if you really open your eyes, you can see so many wonderful things about them that they have some little faults that they're 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 not so not so big. Not that we shouldn't help them, you know, to overcome them. But we should first see what is it that I love about this community, this person, this philosophy, this whatever. What is it that I love about it? You see. It, it's it's difficult to start out with dislike for a complaint and work into love. You know, gee whiz, I, met, I just met this, this, this guy last night, he was a slob and he was this and he was that. And, you know, he, he looks like he's a jerk, and, but, but I think I could love him. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, you find somebody, you see the good points, the, the, the things that are attractive, and the things that you respect and you appreciate. And then if they have a couple of things that need some work, you try to work on that, you know. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's, you know, the devotee, if we can't keep a positive attitude, then who can we ask to? I mean, we come here every morning in front of the deity. We're chanting beautiful, beautiful spiritual hymns. We're smelling the incense offered to the deities, the flowers offered to the deities, you know, the ladies are dressed so nicely, the men are dressed so nice. I mean, if we can't have a positive attitude, we really have a problem. I mean, it's, it's not the problem of what we're complaining, it's within us, and we need to choke it, find it, and put it out, you know, get rid of it, because the opportunity is here to have a wonderful, sweet life. The, the opportunity and such effort is put forth to see that everyone has a really wonderful, sweet life. You see, because we want to please Krishna by taking care of the devotees. There may be some shortcomings. There may be some things that need to be tweaked. And we'll get there. Together we'll all get there. So, I mean, I, I could talk a lot. Prabhupada has given classes on fault finding. Did you have a question? Seems like there's a fine line between fault finding and correcting problems. How do you establish that line without crossing? Uh, correcting. If I'm just pointing out what's wrong, then uh, that's fault finding. Maybe there's something that really can't be corrected right now. It's there. We need to work on it, but we don't have the resources or the ability right now to do it. So my mood is one of a positive, you know. Everything is great. We've got this little thing here or maybe a couple of things we need to put on the list of things to work on. But everything is great. Rather than, man, this place is rotten. Why? Well, because of this and this. I'm talking about three or four things or whatever. And I'm not looking at the top, you know. What's really, what, what's, what's really wonderful? 
And it's really easy for us to look past that. It's, it's kind of our, we have a fault-finding nature from battling it out with the material world. The material world has kicked us really heavy, you know. We've all suffered so many, so many losses in this material world. You know, so, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of like our nature. Yeah, Paul. Do you, do you find that the, one of the things is that we're taught to be individuals, like the material world, and then we come here, we all have the same control. There's not like a body here. It's a team. It's, a team. it's really a team. Yeah. Not even even more than that. It's because there's no like you're here, so you're the quarterback or any of that. It's just that we all have the same common goal. We're not trying to compete against each other and saying, "Well, I know more stories than you know." You know those type of things, right? But I do find it where people you do ask for help. They teach you. Well, the way it works is that it's human nature. It's actually nature of the living entity. To want to associate with uh, <clears throat> like-minded like uh, entities, the herding instinct is there. It's common. You know, fish travel in schools, and, uh, <coughs> deer in herds. And there's so much. There's even wolves, which are supposed to be kind of lone mothers, they still travel in packs. You know, they. So we as human beings, first of all. We want to identify, not just as a human being, because there's there's seven billion of us. You know, I want to I want people to know what I stand for. I want to make a statement the way I uh, cut my hair, the way the way I dress, you know, the, my tattoos or whatever. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to know that I'm part of this group. Okay. Now that I'm part of this group, so now I'm I'm proof I prove to everybody. Hare Krishna, okay? See? Look at this. I'm a Hare Krishna monk. Now that you recognize that I'm part of the group, let me show you how individual I am. Well, I can out-sing him, and I can out-shloka him, and I can out-do this, and I can out-do that. So right away, the material tendency leads me off the path. You see? I'm, I'm trying to stake out me. I want you to know all about me. First of all, I joined the group and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that everybody knows I'm a part of the group. Now I'm going to stake out my individuality. You see. When that's natural, your individuality cannot be taken away from you under any circumstances. It's not possible. Even if you want to give it up and go merge in the impersonal Brahman, it won't work. It cannot happen. So you don't have to work on it. All you have to do is to be yourself. Now what is yourself? Eternal servant of Krishna. Be the best self that you can be. And that identity will shine like the sun. People will know you for your service attitude and your serviceability like that, you see. So that um, the individual self will shine but you just, you have to be that. You have to be yourself, you see. And you don't have to try to show somebody else who you, just be who you are. You don't have to show or compare. I don't want to show the well, I'm a better than this than you, I'm a better whatever. That's, that's, when we feel those feelings, that's maya, that's illusion. I'm starting to identify with my body. 
if I think I can play the drum better than you. Now I'm, now I'm, I'm reduced to uh, my, my bodily talent. You see? I'm just going to play it the best I can. And if you're better than me, that's fantastic. That means Krishna will enjoy you better. He'll enjoy a higher level than I can give because you're better. You see? So that's the nature, that should be the nature of the devotees. The devotee feels like that. He just wants to be himself and to, to be his best at being himself. And when you see people like that, they shine. They seem so wonderful. They're not trying to show you anything about themselves. They're interested in you. It's not so interested. I'm not so interested in me. I know my story. I'm interested in you and you and all of you. You see, you're much more interesting than me. So if everybody feels like that, it's a it's a much uh, much sweeter environment. It seems more it works. Otherwise, if it's all me, if 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 I start getting into me, and you're into you, and you're into you. Now we we got to compete. Some of this, one of these guys is going to come out on top. That's the that's the thought. Really, none of us will. But I got to be something that nobody else is. Otherwise, I'm nothing. No, that's just that's illusion. You see. Again, you know what does Lord Chaitanya say? Thinking oneself. What? Lower than the straw in the street. So if I really do that, if I read it and I really understand it, what's lower than the straw in the street? You know where that comes from? And the, the straw in the street. And the animals in uh, in third world countries, India still, they'll it's not there's animals in the street. You know here you don't have animals in the street, but you have. You know, sometimes uh, water buffalo, cows, all kinds of animals are going through the street. Goats, camels. And, you know, with animals going down the street, they're going to have an accident once in a while and relieve themselves. So a lot of times they'll throw straw over that and hold down the smell and, the, you know, make it less messy. They throw straw on it. If they have extra straw, they'll throw it. So I consider myself lower than the straw in the street. That means I'm, I'm beneath the straw that they've thrown on the trash. It's a heavy statement. You know, giving respect to all others. It has nothing to do with me trying to compete with you and show you how, how great I am. You see what I mean? Now if we have a world like that, we've got a harmonious world. We've got a peaceful world. If everyone is saying, no, brother, after you. No, no, after you. Oh, come on, please. I want to do for you. No, but I want to do for you. So we, that's the problem we have to deal with. I want to do for you, and you, you're trying to do for me. So that's the friction that we're going to have. I'm trying to do you before you can do to me. Nice, nice things, you see. Now the world is just upside down from the way it is now. Instead of me trying to take advantage of you, before you take advantage of me, you see. A sweet life. We've heard people talk about living the sweet life. This is the sweet life. When you put God the first, put God in the center of your life, and you offer all respect to everyone else, asking really nothing for yourself. You don't want it, you don't need any respect, you see. 
And if everybody behaves that way, we have a very sweet life for everybody. And that's taught in the Vedas. You know, this is, this, these are the teachings that we're trying to uh, read and understand. You know, first we read them, we get some understanding, then we read them some more, and we get to where we can repeat them. You know, and then we, and then after a while, after some time, all of a sudden we say, wow, I just realized it. <laughs> you know, which is different from reading it, having it in your head, and repeating it. All of a sudden you get a realization on how I can use that in my life. Hey, I think I can be that way. I think I can live the Bhagavad Gita, the Srimad Bhagavatam. To know the philosophy is one thing. To learn how to live it is extremely important for us. You see? That's the purpose of reading it, to get to, and knowing it, is to be able to live it. So uh, I think we're running out of time. Since we did the same thing we did last time, we run out of time. It's because I don't. I don't speak, I, 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 I speak on all these different paths, you know. I don't see how you tolerate it. <laughs> it must be boring. <laughs> that was another, I, think, I don't know if it was the Prabhupada letters, but you mentioned um, reading fewer but more deeply. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just need to focus, you know. Otherwise you get so much, so much uh, knowledge a big knowledge download that doesn't all work. But, uh, let me finish reading this. Uh, Compassion for all living entities, free, freedom from covetousness, gentleness, modesty, uh, steady determination, vigor, forgiveness, fortitude, cleanliness, and freedom from envy and from the passion of, for honor. See how this all goes together. Freedom of envy and... Freedom for the passion for honor. See, be the pa have passion to be your best. Honor will come with it. That's just a given. If you're doing your best, then the honor will be there. You shouldn't try to artificially have it or to get it. And, you know, if you if you deserve it, it'll be there. Are you talking about like attention? Attention. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you have honor, um, you'll get the attention. If you, if you do it right, if you're a good devotee, you'll get the attention. It works. And if you don't, you don't care. Because you're busy giving the attention to others. Matter of fact, the devotee doesn't really want any attention. Prefers not. See? These transcendental qualities, O son of Bharata, belong to godly men endowed with divine nature. So. Uh, and we can talk about it more uh, Monday night. Monday night we're going to have. Can you guys come back on Monday night? Me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Monday night we start out, we'll have a free dinner at 6 o'clock. And then we'll have some nice music, some nice kirtan, chanting. You like kirtan? And then, uh, and that's free too. And then I'll have like an open mic where we just kind of uh, address questions. Or subjects that you want to talk about. So uh, Monday night will be the last one that I'm going to take off on Tuesday. But yeah, but I'll be back. Where are you from? I'm not from anywhere. I just travel. 
Everywhere is my home. <laughs> See, that's I could say I'm homeless, but actually I've got homes all over the world. You know, I've got rooms that that I stay at the same room every uh, all over the world. So uh, they're not mine, but I stay there when I'm there. So uh, and then sometimes I don't know where I'm going to stay. It all works out. All works out. Life on the road. Just can't beat it. So, yeah, Paul? Um, what, did, what, did Peter, what, you, what is your suggestion on reading? Like, how, you know, you know, we do like chapter day and so forth. And some of them you know, also heard, uh, you know, where they There's many different ways. There's many different suggestions, and I think they're all good. Uh, one thing I like to do is to take a chapter, read through the, the translations, read through each verse, just the, the English translation, and then I'll go back and spend time with a, with a verse. I'll take the first verse, Sanskrit, the translation, and the purport, and make notes of what I'm reading. You know. And then you go to the next verse like that. But taking a chapter, sometimes I'll take a chapter and I'll read Sanskrit and English. You know, so I've tried it different ways. You know, and then go back into each verse, get into it, make notes. And then when you finish a chapter, write a summary of the chapter. What's this all about? In your own words. And you may have to go back and look at it's okay to highlight. You have your own Bhagavad Gita highlight, you know. So then when you go back to make a summary, you, you just look at the places you've highlighted. Once I know it goes myself, sometimes when I have a read, reading something, I might ponder for a couple of days too before I start reading other, you know, yeah. in the Bhagavad Gita, before I start pulling on further because some of the stuff is just like looking into yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot of pondering. That's actually a good sign. All right. Thank you all so much. Hare Krishna.